Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. Come on, give God some praise this morning if you love Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hey, not a better day to be in the house of God than right now. Every Sunday, it's really our Super Bowl in the Church of Jesus Christ because we worship Almighty God. I want you to turn your Bibles with me to Deuteronomy 6, uh, verse 5. Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. You know, I just, I just want to tell you how much I love you. And during this, really this transition season, I want you to know that my wife Sarah and I were so honored and really just so blessed to now be a part of the North Point family. And I want to tell you, during this season, our primary objective is to really cover you and to honor North Point and to cover and honor pastors Destiny and Philip. Because I want you to know God's story, the way God writes his story, is always going from glory to glory. And your promise is the best is yet to come. Put your hands together for North Point right now. If you love North Point, come on. So Deuteronomy 6 and 5, they asked Jesus, they said, hey, what's the most important command? What's the most incredible command? And they were trying to trap Jesus. And Jesus said, you know what? I don't have to wait. I'm going to take you to what we used to call the Shema. And now is the greatest command. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. And it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Tell your children and their children's children, put it on your wall, put it around your neck, never forget it. And we're in the middle of a series right now, and that series is Love God Well. Say it with me, Love God Well. One more time, Love God Well. Love God Well is really the mission of our life. Love God Well is creating Christ-centered culture, changing community. Loving God Well is the great commission, being the hands, the feet, the voice of Jesus Christ. And I want to tell you this today. I'm excited because I get to teach on loving God well with all your soul. Come on, somebody. This is a soul message. Love God well with all your soul. Bow your head. I just want to pray for you. God, we love you. God, we praise your name. Thank you for North Point Community Church. Lord, I pray you just fall on these words. Fall on your word. Help it to wash over us and for it to change us. We love you. And everybody said, amen. Last week, we started this series off, and it was love God well with all of your heart. Love God with your heart. That means the place of your emotions and your desires with Almighty God. Your heart, it's about spending time with God in worship and in prayer. Loving God with your whole heart, it means pressing pause and intentionally spending time in God's presence and being with him. That's why the Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Love God with all of your heart. Next week, I'm excited, we're going to be preaching on love God with all of your strength. It's a strength message. Strength means your action and your effort to love God through your divine purpose and understanding what your service towards him is. But this week, this is a soul message. So I'm getting into the soul. Love God with all of your soul. 
how do you define soul? I mean, it's a, it's a little bit vague and kind of it spills over into other areas. Whenever you think of your soul, what do you think of? Do you think about like the Looney Tunes cartoons where they just get smacked on their head and fall down and then that little angelic being, would you kind of come out of their body and start flowing? Mean, what is a soul? What do you think of? I want to tell you what your soul is. It's what makes you. Okay, your soul is the very breath of Almighty God in you. Your soul is not what you possess. Your soul is who you are. God formed Adam from the dust of the earth, and he breathed life into him, and Adam became a living soul. Dallas Willard said this, you're an unceasing spiritual being with an eternal destiny in God's great universe. Therefore, the most important thing about you is not what you accomplish, but who you become and walking towards a great eternity with Almighty God. I love this so much because it's important to look inward and deal with the matters of our soul. You want to know what your problem is? You want to know what your struggle is? Friends, your soul is your problem. Okay, what matters in you is that soul is what's pulling you to do things and that little silent voice when things are going great. It's like, man, I just, I can't get fulfilled. I got this void because that's your soul speaking to you. I mean, why do people act crazy, right? Why do people have great lives? Why do they go off and they commit crimes? They, they're addicted to drugs and alcohol and gambling, shopping, bound up with emotions because it's like people have a bottomless pit. And this is what I want to tell you. Desire is the language of the soul. Okay, human beings are limited in every single capacity in life, every capacity except for one. We have unlimited desire. I want more. Give me more. I just, I can't have unlimited desire because God created us to have unlimited love for him. And God's love and blessings are unlimited for us. So we get in trouble whenever we take that desire and we turn that desire to something other than God. And I just want to be honest with you and really transparent with you today. Maybe I'm sharing too much, but my problem is Southern made donuts, you know? I don't know about those Southern made donuts, man. When they're cold, no thank you. I can maybe eat like half of Southern made donuts. They're not good. But when they're hot, can I get an amen? Come on, when they're hot, can I get a hallelujah? I don't know. It's like that box of Southern-made donuts. It's a little magical box. And when they're hot, they're like, they're smaller for some reason. I can almost eat a whole donut in one bite. I can crush a whole box, and I have unlimited desire for those suckers. I mean, it's so good, and I know I'm messing around, but anything big or small that you take the desire and take your focus off of God, it's detrimental to our lives. James 1 says this, but each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. First Peter says this, sinful desires wage war against our souls. So friends, the human soul, it's broken, but here's the good news. Jesus came to save our souls. He came to save you in every single way, not just with your eternal destiny, but in your day-to-day -day life. We must tend to our soul because God has so much in mind for us. 
Always understand there's a battle for your soul. Okay, the enemy is trying to distract you and take you. And Almighty God wants your love and affection. But the good news is that Jesus has equipped us with the weapons to fight and the weapons to win. And today, I pray that we'll have victory together in Jesus' name. Jesus, he gave a parable, and I'm going to call it the parable of the soul today. Okay, some people call it the parable of the sower or the parable of the soil. When I speak on it right now, and tell, I want you to see it in the nature of our souls. So this is what Jesus said. Pay attention. This is a story from Jesus. He said, listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across his field, some seed fell on the footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among the thorns, and they grew up, and it choked the tender plants. Still, other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So the parable of the soul. Jesus is saying, some of your souls are hardened. And they're hardened maybe if you're living in constant fear, constant hurt. You're always angry, cynical, and you're living in unforgiveness. Some of your souls are shallow. Maybe because we're superficial and numb and dissatisfied. Living in constant emptiness. Nothing satisfies but some of your souls are cluttered. And Jesus said, you know, the worries of life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke the word, making it unfruitful. The Bible says in Hebrews, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And Jesus ends with the healthy soul. Jesus says, you know, some of you are healthy and your life is healthy because the healthy soul is the soul that hears the word of God, understands the word of God, puts the word of God into action, and then we are fruitful. We produce the fruit of Almighty God. And here's the good news, is that a lot of times Jesus will take a dead soul and resurrect it. So if Jesus can resurrect a dead soul, he can take your hardened soul, your shallow, cluttered soul, and he can allow us to love God well. Can I get an amen? So the question is this. How do we care for our soul? How do we care for our soul? Well, we got to feed our soul, right? Just like we feed our body, we got to feed our soul. We're, we're talking about soul food, baby. Okay, we got to have some soul food. So I'm going to give you three points today. Three points where it will be food for your soul. Three soul foods. So the first soul food is this, obedience. Everyone say obedience. John 4, 34 says, my food, Jesus said, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. First Peter said, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. So in order to love God well, if you have strongholds in your soul, then you can't really step out and love God with all your soul. 
Now, stronghold is a very, you know, kind of religious word, a biblical word, and I want to break it down for you. In the Bible, there's two definitions of strongholds. The first definition is a physical stronghold, right? You build a wall or a, or a huge gate or something to keep the enemy out. It's a physical stronghold. You keep them out. But then there's spiritual strongholds, and these are detrimental because a spiritual stronghold, like a trauma or a tough moment, a tough time in life, we build walls in our spirit, and what happens is it backfires because the wall in our spirit we build to keep that enemy out, but somehow we end up trapping that spirit and that enemy in, and it becomes a stronghold. So a stronghold, here's another definition. A stronghold is defined as deeply set thought patterns or habits that we can't seem to shake. I know I've been there, and a lot of us have been there. Did anyone, did anyone struggle with ants and fruit flies this past summer? Anybody? Show of hands. I'm not going to tell a story unless someone else struggled. I don't want you to think I'm disgusting. or ju- Okay, I got a couple hands. Okay, I'll tell a story. So we didn't do a very good job, you know, in our kitchen, putting our food up a few times. Left some food out in our, our sink. And so what happened? The ants came and the fruit flies came. It, it, it wasn't a lot. Maybe it was a lot. Okay. And so we called Terminix, and they came, and they blasted those things to hell where they belong, right? I mean, they just, they eliminated those, those ants and those fruit flies. But here's the deal. They were gone, and after they were gone, we did not change our habits. Still kind of left the food out. Sink wasn't that great, so those suckers came right back. And this is what I want to tell you. It's the same way in our spiritual life. We have habits, and God comes in, sets us free. But if we don't change our habits, those things come right back in our life. Habits are developed, and if they're bad, they've got to be broken. And those demons, those ants, whatever it is, it flees. But we've got to get to a place where intentionally we obey God in a very direct way. You know, some of you... You've tried to love God with all of your soul. And you need to see what the Apostle Paul said. So the Apostle Paul was the greatest Christian to ever live. Wrote more of the Bible than anybody else. And this is what the Apostle Paul says in Romans 7. He said that it was a battle, even for him, the greatest Christian to change his habits. So if it was a battle for him, I want to give you some encouragement today. Just because you're having success slowly doesn't make you a failure. You're winning. Even if you're taking baby steps towards Jesus Christ, loving God well, then keep hope because you're winning in your soul. And some of you have tried so hard to love God with all of your soul. And your problem is now that we've got to have new habits. So an addiction laziness, unhealthy relationship with food, those are all strongholds. So when you remove a stronghold, it leaves a void. And you've got to replace that void with something or it just comes right back. So you you take it out, the stronghold, and what we replace that void with is the values, the purpose, and the mission of Almighty God in loving God well. So this is one of my favorite parts of this obedience and the message. 
and it's called predecision. Say that with me. Say predecision. Predecision, guys, is a superpower, okay? Predecision is your game plan. So your game plan is to make a series of predecisions of your soul that determine a future course of action. So I'll get practical with you for a moment. If your goal is to break the addiction to social media, you have to predecide. I'm only going to get on that stuff X amount of time each day. If you have the goal to get in shape, Friends, you got to predecide what time you're going to the gym and what diet you're going to choose. Okay, if you got the goal to have a really healthy marriage, well, you got to predecide that you're going to spend time with your spouse in dates and praying together, spending time with them intentionally. If you got the goal to get your finances in order, well, you, you got to predecide, I'm going to stick on this budget and I'm going to cut back. So let's get spiritual. If we have the goal to love God well, well, we predecide some things that we're definitely stepping into and other things we will never engage in, walking towards God to strengthen our soul. As we can declare all day long until you're blue in the face, I want to love God well. I want to love God well, but until your decisions line up with that, it means nothing. Our decisions determine our direction and ultimately our destiny. So we make our decisions, and then our decisions make us. So here's my question. Why in the world would we wait to make this decision? Why would we wait till we're in the heat of the moment, till the pressure's on, till that circumstance is very tough, and right then when we're weak to make that decision? Absolutely not. I want to pre-decide when I get in that moment, this is who I am, and this is how I'm going to respond. You know, there's a doctor, her name's Dr. Lisa MacLeon, and she's with the American Medical Association. She, she defines decision fatigue. So decision fatigue is the idea that after making many decisions, our ability to make more and more decisions over the course of the day, it becomes worse. And I'll, I'll put a big amen to that. She said, by the time the average person goes to bed, this should make you feel good, the average person makes over 35,000 decisions. That's why you're tired at the end of the day. And those decisions take time and energy, and they can deplete us. She said, when your brain is worn down, it may cause you to become reckless, your decisions not to be able to think, and sometimes it results in us even shutting down, which is even more detrimental. She gives three practical handles on how to make decisions. And I, I love this. She said, number one, streamline your choices. Number two, try to delegate, delegate your decisions. And number three, make big decisions in the morning. I love this because it, it's right in line with the word of God in my message today. So streamline your choices. Friends, that's pre-deciding. Delegate decisions Every answer you need is in the word of God. So delegate it to God's word. And then make big decisions in the morning. Pray every morning. Have your daily bread. Have your first fruits and start with almighty God. So our predecisions are driven by our values. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Our predecisions are driven by our values.
I just made you say that because I wanted some water. <laughs> so so I, we did this in our family, and I, I really want to encourage you to do this. It really transformed our life. But we, we got together, Sarah and I, and we came up with our, our family values. And they're intentional. They're, they're intentional to our family. So this is what I'll encourage you to do. Under the heading of love God well, that's our, that's our mission. And under what God's word says, I encourage you, get with your spouse or get alone with God and say, what are the core values that mean most to me in my life? Write those down, put them on your wall, put them in your phone, and that is your compass. So what we did is Sarah and I got together and we put it on our wall. It says, it says love God well. And then under is our core values, exalt, love, build, serve, generosity, gratitude, honor, excellence. And it was, it was the craziest thing because once we put that on the wall, it was like putting a stake in the ground. The atmosphere of our home, it totally changed because our kids saw it. We could teach from it. And it's saying, hey, if it lines up with that, that's how we're living. But if it doesn't line up with that, we want no part of it. And it gives us a compass to be able to walk towards Almighty. It's our values. I so encourage you, do this in your home. It will be a wonderful thing. So if you know your values, when your values are clear, your decisions are easier. Okay, I love an easy decision. I just love it. I love quick decisions. And this allows you to make quick, good decisions that are easy because it's lining up with what your value is. Come on, give God some praise right now. If you love him, if you love Jesus, come on. So that's our first soul food. First soul food is, is obedience and predecision. So our second soul food is study the word of God and study the nature of Almighty God. Study the word of God and study the nature of Almighty God. Deuteronomy 8 says, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. So the word of God, God's, it's literally our soul food. It's our bread. Most importantly, if we're to love God well, we have to put in the effort to learn what God desires from us. I love what Ephesians says. It says, find out what pleases the Lord. So I'm telling you, find out what pleases the Lord and operate in that. The soul represents your mind and your will. So how do we love God with our mind and will? We study who God is. We study how to obey him. We study what his nature is. And I want to tell you, we don't study religion, okay? We don't study this thing called Christianity. No, almighty God is a person. And as we study him in relationship, then we get to know his very nature. But it takes intentionality. You deliberately discover the lifestyle and the choices that please God, and then you go for it. You full-on decide that you want your life's choices to be expressions of your love for Almighty God. Loving God with your soul, it still includes this discovery stage. And this discovery stage is intentional. It's on purpose, studying the Word of God, studying God's nature. If you want a successful marriage, you better know the love language of your spouse. 
If you haven't read the Five Love Languages book, I highly recommend it. It's incredible. And I know my wife's top three love languages. I know Sarah's top three. It's gifts, gifts, and more gifts. Can I get an amen, ladies? Come on, ladies in the place. I know what she likes. But you got to know what your spouse loves. And you might think that yours is gifts, but theirs isn't. And so you just keep showering with gifts, but it's not their love language. They see gifts as a waste of money because their love language is acts of service. All they see is you're not helping around the house and doing the oil, and you're giving them oh so many things. I'm trying so hard. I'm doing so many things. They don't care. And it's because you haven't taken the time to discover and learn what makes your spouse feel loved. I want to tell you this. It's the same way with Almighty God. It takes time to intentionally be with Almighty God, time, and to be with Him, and to love Him, to learn His nature through the Word, and then just to say, God, what do you have for me in this season? One of the greatest things is a detox of the soul. That's kind of like fasting. So just eliminating something, like maybe social media or, or TV for, for a season, and just focusing on God and detoxing yourself you take another step to learn the nature, and that gives you greater love in your soul for Almighty God. To love God with all your soul is to listen to Him, is to study Him, get your game plan, get God's expectations. And when we begin to learn this, it changes your perspective. It takes you from just showing up to church every Sunday, I gotta read my Bible, I gotta pray. Man, I got to serve. I got to, it's like I check the box off. I'm a good Christian. No, it takes it away from things you have to do. And it changes your mind to, I'm in a hot pursuit to be in relationship with Almighty God. I want to know who God is. I want to be with Him. And that is learning His Word and really learning God's nature. If you want that in your life, come on, give God some praise right now. And this is my final point. The band, the band can come up here. I'm closing. So our last soul food, the last soul food is this. Speak to your soul and command your soul. Speak to your soul and command your soul. Okay, when life hits hard and when our souls get crushed, and I want to tell you every single one of us, we will have moments and seasons like this where we're just crushed. We have the power to command our soul and to trust in Almighty God. We see King David exemplify this over and over again. He was the best at it. This is what David said in Psalm 42, 5. He said, why my soul are you downcast? He's speaking to his soul. Why so disturbed with me? He's speaking to his soul. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. My Savior and my God, he commands his soul to love God well. This practice of commanding our soul to trust in God, it's really the greatest source of strength that we have access to today. There's a story of a man that lived in the 1800s. His name is Horatio Spafford. Horatio was a successful lawyer and businessman, he was wealthy. He was married, had five kids, four daughters and, and a son. In 1871, 
tragedy struck and his son died from scarlet fever. And then shortly after the Chicago fires happened and he lost his business, his home, everything. Because of the stress of all these things that happened, he said, you know what, I just, I gotta get away on vacation. They were gonna go to Europe. So they boarded this ship and he had some work things to do. So he sent his four daughters and his wife ahead of him four days into their voyage. They collided with another ship and and everybody died except for the wife. When the news reached Horatio, he jumped on a ship as fast as he could to be with his grieving wife. As he went over the Atlantic, he went over the exact place where that tragedy happened, where his girls took their last breath and he penned these famous words. He said, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I want to tell you this, that life is unbearable, that things will get out of control. But if we trust in God, No matter what you're facing, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And look and listen to me. Don't give up. God is with you. And he's going to see you through. I want to tell you the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is key to a healthy soul. You see in the New Testament that these guys would go through unspeakable tragedies and crazy things, but somehow they would walk through them even with joy because they had the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think of Stephen right now. Stephen in the Bible was the very first martyr, the first person to give their life for the cause of Jesus Christ. Stephen was a very young man. He stood up for Jesus and they took him out and they stoned him, took huge stones. And as they were killing him, as they were taking his life, the Bible says, Stephen's face, it shined bright with the glory of God. And Stephen looked into heaven and saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father as if to give him a standing ovation to welcome him into heaven. I want to tell you this today, that God sees you, that God is with you, and your soul was created to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of Almighty God. Your soul was literally made to crave God. Don't forget, don't forget, we are limited in every capacity, everything, except we have unlimited desire and your infinite capacity for desire, it mirrors God's infinite capacity to give. Why do you want more? The reason that you're not full yet is because God is not done giving to you. There's more and the best is yet to come. The way he writes his story is he goes from glory to glory, but we have to trust him and we can't give up. We've got to keep walking. I want you to stand with me right now. I want you to bow your head. The sovereignty of this moment. I want you to close your eyes. And I just want you to think about your love for God. And I want you to think about how much more God loves you. 
Because today I'm praying that, that God will do some soul work in us. Some of us in our souls, we need wisdom. Some of us need to turn from our sin and just surrender to God. Some of us need healing. Some of us need deliverance. But every single one of us, we need help from the Holy Spirit because Jesus is the answer and Jesus will never leave you or forsake you. Jesus will get you through. So today, this is what I'm praying. I'm praying that you'll make the decision to have some soul food in your life. I'm praying that you'll decide right now that God, I'm gonna obey you and I'm gonna pre-decide to stand on your values and loving you well in everything. I'm praying that, you know, you will, you will study God's word and study the nature of Almighty God, not as religion, but he is in relationship with you. So you love God. And I'm praying this, if you're going through the unspeakable, if you're suffering today, I'm praying that God will comfort you. His supernatural comfort will wash over you and that the Holy Spirit will give you the power to speak to your soul, to command your soul, and that God will be with you. So let me pray for you right now, but just let me ask one question before I do. How many of you want to love God well with all of your soul? How many of you want to love God well? with all your soul. God, you see the hands lifted in this place. Lord, I just pray for every individual. God, I pray for every family that's represented here. Lord, we love you with everything in our heart. We love you with everything in our soul. So God, I pray for strength, no matter what they're going through. God, I pray we decide we put a stake in the ground today, that we are pre-deciding, we're walking forward and loving you well, your values, your purpose, your mission. We love you with everything. God, I pray that we will study your word in the very nature, that we will be in relationship with you in everything we do. And God, for those that, that came in this place thinking about giving up in the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, give them power right now. In the name of Jesus, give them strength. They will not give up, but the best is yet to come. God, comfort them no matter what they are facing. God, I pray for, I pray for the bodies in this room, anyone that's struggling physically in their health. God, I pray you heal my friends so they can do your work. God, financially and in their relationships. God, I pray for favor upon favor. And God, as we step in this next season, Lord, help us to give everything to you with everything that we have. Jesus, bless my friends, bless my family, and touch them in everything they do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to look and listen to me today. God sees you. God cares about every detail of your life. And God's gonna be with you. And your promise is the best is yet to come. And never forget that. God's stories, the way God writes his stories is we go from glory to glory and that the best is always yet to come. I, I love each and every one of you. I'm really excited to get to know all of you. After service, I wanna be out in the uh, front four here. And if I haven't met you yet, I'd love to shake your hand and just get to know you. Put your hands together for Pastor Clarissa as she comes to close. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.